0: Protecting the data privacy of Utah consumers, a new law is in effect. Hello, I'm Richard Pye and this is Legally Speaking. At the beginning of 2024, Utah has a new privacy law called the Utah Consumer Privacy Act. The new law includes important protection that gives consumers the right to find out the extent a company may be using personal information. It also includes responsibilities for businesses to ensure they're complying with the law. We have a team of people here to explain the significance of the UCPA, Assistant Attorney Generals Lana Taylor and Brett Nadick, and Katie Haas, Director of the Utah Division of Consumer Protection. Thank you all for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: So, Katie, can I uh, start with you? Could you explain the significance of the UPCA for people and a little bit of how it works?
1: Absolutely. So, the significance for people is this is really a consumer rights bill. Um, For years now, companies have been processing our data and using our data in ways that once we've turned it over, people really didn't understand how it was being used, where it was being shared, um, and what was happening to their data. And so this is a a step towards consumers getting more opportunities to say what they feel comfortable with with their data and then what they want to do with their data when they're maybe done letting a company use it. So it's a really important step in giving the consumer some rights when it comes to information that they've shared with the company.
0: Well, what did it take for us to get to this point, to have this become become law? Was there an issue that was that was rising up legally, or were we responding to consumer complaints?
2: Well, across the nation, there was a movement to create these types of laws. Utah, in fact, was the fifth state to create such a law and to enact it and put it into effect. There were states that let out on this, um, California, Connecticut, um, and across the country, it's impressive that, that Utah was willing to step up and provide consumers with these types of rights. Um, there is now a movement across the United States for other states that are are seeking to enact similar laws.
0: Brett, could you characterize where Utah stands in comparison to uh, other states? Are we ahead of the curve? Or are we behind the curve? Or are we just spot on? whole, we're relatively uh, ahead of the curve. We're the fifth state in which a uh, comprehensive data privacy law has gone live. But in comparison to the uh, other four states uh, it, that have comprehensive data privacy laws, I'd say in comparison to those states, uh, we're a bit more business friendly uh, than those states uh, with their data privacy laws. So, for instance, Utah's thresholds for the UCPA are are amongst the most stringent of uh, any states with data privacy laws. So Utah is the only state uh, where an organization must meet an annual revenue threshold for the data privacy law to apply, which is uh, $25 million. And this requirement is not seen in the other four states with data privacy laws. Uh, Additionally, Utah contains numerous uh, entity and data level exemptions to the UCPA's uh, applicability. Which are often, but uh, not uniformly, seen amongst the other four states. Utah also has a a permanent cure period for businesses to cure violations, which you know again isn't uniformly seen in other states. So while some of these exemptions and uh, rights for businesses are seen throughout other states, I think we provide the most in terms uh, to businesses with respect to uh, flexibility. Uh, But overall, I think you know the law as a whole provide for many of the same consumer-based rights and controller and processor requirements that are seen in uh, other privacy laws, and I think it's a a really big step forward uh, in the realm of data privacy and protection for uh, consumers in Utah. So we're only about one month in, so this is a brand new law. Do we have any indication at this point, if it's working, do you think people know that the law exists and they can take advantage of it?
1: Well, I think that's part of the reason why we're here, right, is I think when new laws go into effect, it takes a while for the community to become aware, and especially in this case where the law was passed over a year ago, um, but we had an implementation date that was delayed in order for the Division of Consumer Protection to get ready for people who might have complaints, for companies to be in a position to do the things that the legislation and the bill um, asked them to do. Um, And so now we're just at the precipice of this really rolling out Um, And so part of what we're doing is trying to get the word out to consumers to understand and know their rights uh, when it comes to the processing of their
0: data. Would you say that it's more needed than ever?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because one of the factors that um, a business has to comply with is they have to provide notice to a consumer. That notice has to be easily understandable from a consumer's perspective And they have to, they have to notify those consumers how their data is going to be used. They have to notify them who it's going to be shared with and and how they get to exercise these new rights. So I think it's really useful for Um, from the consumer's perspective, and I think it provides an education piece to them as well, because it's not always known to a consumer when they provide this data in order to get a service from that business or to to obtain a product. And and quite frankly, we have seen some businesses that have responded. One of the members of our team recently um, went into a business and at the cashier, um, when he went to pay, there was a a privacy notice. Um, It specifically referenced the UCPA um, and did, in fact, notify consumers that at that business of their rights under the statute.
0: Are we getting any reaction from the business community? Is anyone uh, letting the state know that this is too big of a burden for them, that they're not going to be able to cooperate, or they need a little bit more time, perhaps?
1: Well, I think one of the things that we love about Utah is the way that we balance the consumer rights with the businesses who are trying to thrive, And I think in setting some of the thresholds before a business has to comply with this law, so to speak, um, was really important for the state of Utah because it allowed newer businesses, younger businesses that maybe didn't have the bandwidth that a sophisticated operation might have to not have to worry about this until it's a little bit further down the road when it has that type of volume and revenue that Brett referenced earlier. And so we're always balancing a need for regulation against uh, consumer rights, But what's key about this is even if a business doesn't have to comply, consumers are being educated, like Lana just referenced, with notices in other companies about their privacy rights and then also in certain cases about opt-out provisions that they have to be afforded. And when you start seeing that in in many companies, you start asking other companies why they don't have to do that. And you start – consumers eventually start demanding that from everybody or they make economic choices – right, to go with companies where their privacy is going to be safer rather than companies that may be riskier when they're sharing their information. So I think Utah always does its best to strike that balance. But at the same time, people get to uh, shop with their dollars or shop with their attention span or whatever it may be on these websites and respond based on what they feel like their comfort level is with the data that they're sharing.
0: Brett, tell me a little bit about how this interfaces with companies that are outside of Utah or maybe even overseas. It seems like a lot of the privacy concerns that I have are companies that are that are national or international, and uh, I'm uh, noticing that you know obviously my information has been sold. Does this apply? Can uh, do consumers have any ability to control that? So uh, the UCPA applies to any controller, or processor who, one, conducts business in the state of Utah, or two, produces a product or service that is targeted to consumers who are residents of the state. So to answer your question, yes, it would uh, apply to many of those organizations that are out of state that are targeting residents of Utah. So it does provide uh, broad protections to consumers as long as they're being targeted or or the organization conducts business in the state. So, Lana, let's be a little bit more clear about the kind of privacy breach that we're talking about. How would, how would uh, someone notice that their privacy has been breached? I mean, obviously, we've all had the experience that I have, for example, I was talking to a friend of mine one time on the phone, and she said, oh, I want a weighted blanket. You sleep so well under a weighted blanket, and it's so cozy. And then the next thing I know, both of us had ads for weighted blankets showing up on our Facebook feed. I would consider that a breach of privacy because obviously someone was listening somewhere. Is this the kind of thing that we're talking about or are we talking more about uh, an interaction with a business and you have evidence that the business is selling some of the information from the transaction?
2: Well, oftentimes when you sign up for a service, you uh, purchase a product. Again, this privacy notice that goes out to consumers Um, has to be clear and a consumer has to be able to understand what that information is going to be used for. When we find things like that as a consumer, we now have the right to contact that business and request that that information not be sold. We can opt out of having our data sold, used for targeted advertising, which is the example you've given us now. And sometimes we don't really think about our personal data. This statute is very broad in what how it defines personal data. We could be talking about any information that is linked to an, uh, an individual. When we think about our personal data, we, we don't really realize that our name, our date of birth, our social security number, any of our contact information, like our home address that we're providing, phone numbers, email addresses... Um, which then can be linked to other, can be can be sold to other entities, can be used by other entities. Um, and so this really protects that information. And we th- when we think about personal information as the, the things that we buy, the products that we subscribe to, those may not be things that we want out there that if we haven't otherwise made that information publicly available, even our health information or medical information, um, to provide that information publicly, those are things that we may want to keep very close to the vest. And without this, these assurances in the past, those things may have been able to be released without our consent.
0: Right. I agree. Well, information about my desire to have a weighted blanket may seem innocuous, but my question instantly was, well, what else are they accessing that I don't know? Are we getting a lot of uh, people that are responding to the law so far, Katie, or is it so new that we haven't had much response yet?
1: We haven't had much response yet as far as consumer complaints. And I think part of that, too, is to keep in mind that this law encourages people to start with the company before they come to the division to complain, right? Companies have an opportunity to rectify the situation. They have to reach out. They have to ask the company to delete their data or to, to protect their data in certain ways, and then after, I think it's about a 45-day waiting period, if the company hasn't complied, then they can come to us and report uh, at dcp.utah.gov. Um, we have a website ready and a, and a portal for people to file their complaints. Um, but that said, I mean, you're talking someone has to become aware, 45 days to allow a company to fix the problem and then file a complaint with us. But our at the division, we always encourage people when using our laws because they feel like something that they've been wronged in some way to start with the company. Most companies really do want to do right by the consumer. They really do want to be law-abiding citizens. They want to do what they can to both comply with the law and give consumer redress, um, particularly in the state of Utah. And so we always encourage our consumers to go first to the company and try to work with the company. When that fails or when you feel like they haven't adhered to the law, of course, we are here for those consumers to file complaints and we will intervene.
0: Well, I was looking at the release that we sent out when the law took effect and it seems pretty good to me. UCPA uh, gives consumers the right to find out if a business is processing their personal data, whether they access their personal data, whether they they can request a business delete their personal data and obtain a copy of their personal data, as well as opting out of having personal data sold or used for advertising which are all points that I know that you all just made but I'm just listing them there it sounds like a really good law is there any way that people can use the law proactively like in other words that they don't have to have a problem with a company they can they can activate some kind of a process or is this more suited to if they're noticing something from a specific company has been uh, has been used then they can play.
1: I think that for most people, becoming aware in the first place about how your data is being collected and used is pivotal. You might not have a problem with the fact that a company has asked you to put it in your home address. You're buying something most of the time, and they're going to have to ship it to you. Or, but you may want to start asking questions about, okay, I'm giving you this information. And what are you doing with that information after I give it to you? Because I've given it to you for a specific purpose. For me to buy this product, or or for me to sign up for this service, and then for you to give me back what our terms and conditions. What I don't necessarily realize is there's value in my data, and I'm not getting compensation for that. And so, unless you're giving me some sort of time or um, some sort of free service, maybe. But at the end of the day, there's very there's value in our data, and the companies are using that. And then when all of a sudden the weighted blanket, as your example, not that there's anything wrong with weighted blankets show up in our Google feed or our on our websites or maybe in an ad that's sent to our home, you might want to wonder what that company that you gave your information to is doing with your data. You can just ask. The law says that you don't have to opt out, you don't have to do anything, but you can at least ask and they have to tell you what they've done with your data. And I think that's powerful.
0: So, Lana, we're regressing just a little bit. I, wanted, I want to have you comment on that. And the question I'm going to ask you is, you know, for someone who's asking, well, why do I care? I mean, there's a lot of young people that act like they don't care if they're personal data. Well, yeah, they're, they're listening. So what? I'm getting what I want. What would you what would you advise someone, you know, as someone who knows about this law, about, you know, what, what could potentially, uh, you know, happen if their personal data is breached beyond just being uncomfortable with it?
2: Well, you think about it. You um, go to... Someplace and they say win a free product, win a free trip to somewhere. All you have to do is provide us your email address, your phone number, um, contact information. Some of those um, free products, it may be win a frisbee, um, something as innocuous as 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 things that we never think about. But we're providing personal data, and when we do that, we have no control over that downstream use of that data. Um, It could be sold, it could be resold, um, and there's nefarious purposes for which that could be used. Keeping in mind that data can be linked, can be um, potentially used for purposes that undermine the security of of our information um, you know, we also in this office do a lot of work with financial crimes and, and ways in which people's information is exploited to their disadvantage. And a lot of times you see, you get a notice from your credit card, that company, that that you um, have an, a charge on there that maybe you didn't make. Um, and you have to wonder, well, how did they get a hold of my information? And there's a lot of ways in which that occurs This is just one more component um, in order for people, you know, you may have signed up for something years ago. A consumer can now contact a company and say, what information do you actually have? Even just to request a copy of that information. And then people can make informed decisions about whether or not they're still willing to keep that information or allow that company to use that information. And I just want to know, we're entering,
1: well, we're already in the age of artificial intelligence. And so when that data and that information is being combed and it can be pieced together, um, now you add in voice recognition, facial recognition, all these types of things, it is going to be much easier for fraudsters to impersonate who you are. And so it's just something to think about that all of this data is out there. I don't want to make people paranoid, but the more we can control it, the more we can bring it back in, the more we can hold companies accountable for kind of allowing these lax security measures in the first place, the better we're going to be able to be as a society to continue to maintain the level of trust that we need in order to function.
0: I think that's a, you're making a really good point there. I think a lot of people are worried about that. I know I am. Brett, when we talk about uh, penalties, what does the law provide as far as penalties for a company that maybe doesn't comply? So uh, with regard to penalties, the uh, Attorney General's office may recover. per violation. So, again, this is per violation, and we do provide for an opportunity to cure uh, any violation, but if a business fails to cure or repeats a violation, then it is uh, up to $7,500 per occurrence. Okay, that's interesting. Good to know. Thank you. Uh, as a final question let me just get kind of uh, again uh, present a personal scenario. I think one of the biggest mistakes I made as a consumer uh, a couple of weeks ago was to sign, go to a website uh, for a clothing uh, make a clothing manufacturer high end and they had a sale. And I thought oh I want a sale you know the clothes their clothing is really good. So I signed up I went to their website they said An additional 25% off. What's your email address? I put my email address. I swear I'm getting at least 10 promotional emails from them in that email address every day. Is is this a supply? Is this the kind of thing that I can um, let this company know, look, I'm not interested in
1: so it does apply depending on the how big the company is. So let's say it's a, a multimillion-dollar manufacturer of clothing. It is. Um, one, I'm going to suggest that you check that unsubscribe button um, at the bottom of most emails. Those are there. You can also just write back to them and say, please take me off your mailing list. But yes, this is a case in which you could then email them and say, I want to know what you've done with my data, who you've given it to, um, and request that type of information and then request that they delete all the information you have provided them. Even if you have availed yourself of that 25% off, which it sounds like you may have, that's fine. You can then swoop back in afterwards and say, and now I want you to delete everything that you have on me. Um, There are some parameters under which the companies can, and they're pretty technical, keep some information about you. Um, But yes, you can make that request to them. And then I would say 60 days later, if you're still getting those emails or mailers, um, that would be a good time as a consumer to go ahead and report to us I would also advise that you do these types of requests in writing. We need proof that you made the request of the company. And so a simple email to a company saying, hey, um, you need to delete my data um, and, and remove it, and I, and I don't want you to share it or sell it or any of those things, um, we can, from there, uh, we can kind of hold them a little bit more liable for what, what they've done with it.
0: So it sounds like... The bottom line is consumers need to kind of take a, a certain amount of responsibility for themselves and protecting themselves and clicking the unsubscribe button, documenting what they're doing. And then uh, the state can come in as a as a backup and support those efforts so that it doesn't get worse.
1: Sadly, we will never be able to enforce our way out of fraud and, right. and bad behavior or deception or nefarious intents. And so at the end of the day, consumers have to take some responsibility for um, owning their information. In this case, we always talk in the Division of Consumer Protection about being a wise consumer. You know, watch for red flags, investigate. Uh, We talk about reading the fine print, so investigate is the eye of the wise. S is set boundaries. Think about your information in this case and what you want to do with that information. How comfortable are you being sharing that information? I get a lot of those 25% off requests, and I always stop when they ask for my text. I don't really care if they have my email, but if I give them my phone number, I know I am a glutton for punishment, and I'm going to get 1,000 texts and phone calls from telemarketers, which I also regulate and don't like. And then the E in that is examine the fine print. And in data privacy, this is where it's really important. I know it's time-consuming and it's labor-intensive, but when, it's a, when you're giving over your social security number, your birth date, the bigger items, the more sensitive data, be sure to read how that data is going to be used. Look for those privacy notices. Look for those contract terms that talk about how they're going to use that information and then make an informed decision.
0: Okay. Thank you all very much for being part of this podcast, which I think is probably one of the most impactful ones that I've done. Lana, Katie, and Brett, thank you very much for your expertise. Be careful online, people. Take care of your own business. But if you don't, we'll have information on our website about where you can link to the UCPA for help. We'll talk to you next time on Legally Speaking.